Seinfeld, the visa is over, but we are just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now, here are the two guys who hopefully can't not be funny, Rob Sestrino and Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing very good, Akiva. Very excited to talk with you about the visa. Are you excited about the visa? I am excited about the visa. Are you down on the visa? No, I'm not down at all. I'm I'm perfectly neutral. You seem like you're a little down on the visa. No, I'm not that. Da- I'm not down on the visa. Not down on the visa. Yeah, because I was up on the visa. Yeah, you forget. You, you know, there's a lot of like um, memorable moments in this, in this episode. <laughs> I like this episode. I did. It's good. I, I'd say it's a perfectly good Seinfeld episode. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine and it's good. And there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Of course, here we are. What episode is this? Episode number, what are you, 54, 55? 55. It's really, uh, we're really getting up there. Originally aired on January 27th, 1993. This is an episode that features the return of Babu Bhatt. We get to meet Cheryl Fong, who is Ping's lawyer. And George is starting off very funny with her and then is concerned that Jerry is going to out funny him. So he needs to have Jerry be serious. And that leads Cheryl Fong to fall for Jerry. Kramer comes back from fantasy camp where he ended up getting into a fight with Mickey Mantle. Uh, yes, the that, that's the way, uh, Yeah. Listen, as long as he's not fighting any Mets, we're fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Boy, it's such a uh, storied history with all the Yankees for Kramer. Really all three generations. It's too bad he couldn't run into Lou Gehrig or Babe Ruth because you got DiMaggio to Mantle to G. To Danny Tartable. To Danny Tar- to the great Danny Tartable. <laughs> I'm sorry to leave him out. Yes. All right. So a lot of stuff going on here. And Akiva, the most fun thing I think is, and I was saying this right before we came on, I said, this is maybe the most perfect time in history to have a Seinfeld podcast because I almost feel like Seinfeld is just about as relevant now as it was in any time since the show went off the air. Uh, yeah, there's just so much. Every week I'm worried like, oh no, there's not going to be any Seinfeld news. And then every week there's so much Seinfeld news that we have to like leave stuff. Yeah, out. what is it that has happened in the last, I mean, is it just because we notice it because we do a Seinfeld podcast? But I, I just feel like there's so much Seinfeld news out there right now. It's hard to get to really gauge because we didn't we weren't looking like, hey, what's the Seinfeld news this week when we weren't doing this? But it is weird that the show has been over 25 years and like there is always something. And I feel like and we'll talk about some of this stuff. You know, Julia Louis-Dreyfus has really, really come into her own. And she's had other things that are successful, but the success of Veep. Uh, has really been embraced by people. And then also Jason Alexander, who I kind of feel like to some degree people like didn't really want anything from him or just kind of wanted him to go away after Seinfeld. I feel like that now he's going to be taking over for Larry David in the musical or I'm sorry, in the musical in the, in the play, what is it? Too dark to fish. Fishing in dark, uh, fishing in the dark, fish in the, fish in the dark. I feel like that there is a very public like love of Jason Alexander right now. Uh, yeah, it, it's in, it's interesting you say that because if you think about it, right after the show went over, um, you know Julia got a bunch of shows, including you know New Adventures of Old Christine. That that was actually a few years after Seinfeld ended. And if you remember, Michael Richards was also like the star of some ridiculous show that didn't yeah. last. 
But Jason Alexander really never got his leading man type of thing. So maybe now well, he had his own show. I think that. also that was like canceled almost immediately. Oh, he also he did also have a failed one. See, I'm, I'm like I really blacked out both the Kramer. I think they both had one in the same year. That yeah, both and they failed. both failed. Now <laughs> they both were very quickly. Um, and I don't think I watched either of them even for one episode. I but I do think he, you know until obviously Michael Richards has his own reasons for sort of not being the public eye at this point. But Jason was like a laughing stock, and maybe now he is going to be. Um, and none of these guys ever have to work again, but maybe now he'll be, you know, like relevant and maybe one day he'll be a leading yeah. man. And with the show coming back on Hulu, I feel like the world is very ready for some sort of, you know, Seinfeld renaissance. Yeah, I mean, it just has to last two more years, then it can go away. <laughs> All right. So we're going to cover everything. Of course, if you want to uh, help get the word out about this podcast during the great Seinfeld Renaissance, you can do so by leaving us some ratings and reviews on iTunes. That really does help get out the word. And uh, we don't talk about it very much, but it does help us out greatly if you could do that at postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. That's postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. And again, just even going and give it a quick five-star rating if you think we deserve it. If you think it's sponge-worthy enough, go ahead and give us that rating, and it does really help that. Even uh, if a couple people go ahead and do it, it does uh, move us up in the numbers. And it's it's a big thing, especially with Seinfeld coming back to Hulu, or starting on Hulu, not coming back to Hulu. Uh, yeah, five stars. And if you don't think we deserve five stars, maybe forget about that. <laughs> or if, would you consider four? Would I'll, you yeah, consider four? four? Sure. I, because you could just say like, oh, we're a four-star podcast. Nobody knows it's that. Nobody five. knows it's that a five. All right. So Akiva, we have so much news to get to before we even talk about the visa. So let's try to get through a bunch of this stuff. Uh, all right. Where should we start? Um, why don't we start with the story that really made headlines this week, talking about Jason Alexander and a story that you had reported a while back. Uh, yes. So... Uh, we've discussed this uh, completely on the podcast and we've referenced it a bunch of times. Uh, you know, almost every episode, Susan's on the screen. But uh, George, in an interview that I think was given years ago, I couldn't find a date on the YouTube video. Uh, it may have even been included in a DVD extra for the ninth season. I'm not sure. Um, said that, that uh, it, and the interview was like with some television academy or something, you know, for posterity. I don't know who does those things. But he said that, um, that Susan was such a difficult actress to work with, and he really didn't like her comedic timing. He felt they had no chemistry, and he complained about her for years. Uh, nobody paid him any attention because they, I think they, they thought the final product was fine, and they didn't realize, like, oh, working with her is so difficult. And people didn't realize, like, oh, just the audience hates Susan. We don't know why, but they didn't realize, like, oh, it's the, the actress just doesn't really know what she's doing. And eventually... Uh, one of the other big three, you know, Jerry, Elaine, and Kramer had to work with her, and they realized, oh, she's a disaster. Like, I totally get what you've been complaining about for the last few years, George, and uh, they summarily decided to kill her off. Now, Akiva, are you really regretting not making this ukulele connection because you could have been the person to have the exclusive Susan interview? Uh, I, you know, I, I pushed it off and then I said, oh, she's not on the show for the next like six weeks. And it's worth mentioning, we've really gotten away from the pilot, um, you know, 
storyline for the last month or so. And we're going to get back to it next week in a big way. But so I thought like, all right, you know, I'll just I'll give it a try next week. And I kept pushing it off like many things in my life. And I never emailed. Uh, I never emailed Heidi Swedberg. And now I, I'm going to have to wait until the seventh season at the very mm-hmm. Yep. I don't I, I feel like she's not taking this could have put her really put us on the map. It could have put us on the could map. have been on the map, Akiva. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I blew that one. My apologies. We're off the map. We well, we were never on the map. We could have been on the map. Still off. We could have been on the map. Big big swing big swing and a miss, like uh like Moose Scourin at a at a old timer's <laughs> day. Yeah. All right. So that's that's one thing. And well, again, the, the, how did this story blow up so big? Oh, so he went on. He All right. So he told this exact story on Howard Stern and a zillion people emailed and tweeted it to us. But again, literally uh, the only new thing he revealed about that story was that that him, uh, Jerry Elaine Kramer and Larry David would kind of like go afterwards. And he made he made a point to mention that none of the guest stars were invited. They'd go out like at the end of every episode to a restaurant and like sort of just catch up and discuss what's mm-hmm. what. So he, it was at those meetings where he used to complain about Susan, and that's where you know it eventually came up. But really, everything he said, at least about that, was uh, was was you know um, mentioned in the initial video that came out at least a year ago, maybe many years. Okay, ago. so that's one big thing that was going on. Did we touch on comedians in cars getting coffee with Julie Louis Dreyfus last week? No. Okay. We're going to set that up. Yeah. So uh, Jerry started his new season of comedians and cars getting coffee. And to be fair, I think both of us are very lukewarm on the show in general. I think it's a very vanilla, nice show. There's nothing wrong with it. (laughs) Actually, the coffee that they got in this episode was both uh, lukewarm and potentially vanilla. (laughs) Yes, they sent it back. And, you know, we've mentioned I I don't send back anything. Mm -hmm. You could feed me like, you know, sheep's meat. And I, sheep's meat? I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't know. Just whatever. There's nothing I'll send back. I don't want to be And that. I was like, oh my God, so, you could get the coffee hotter? I would like it really hot. Yeah, I, I didn't know that was like an option. I, I'm sure those those like waitresses went home and told their friends like, oh, I, you know. So Julia Louis-Dreyfus was here. Can you get this? She said the jerk. coffee wasn't hot enough. So I spat in it. <laughs> Hot enough for you? Um, and then, uh, so then anyway, but I, I actually thought the episode was very pleasant. It was nice. It was cool seeing uh, Jerry and Julia back together. It, it Julia is also in the middle of this kind of renaissance where she's on like a critically acclaimed show. You know, she looks as good as she ever has. Uh, you know, she seems like it ha- has it all together. And uh, so it was fun, you know, for 15 minutes seeing them. Uh, the show is edited very slickly, and it, and it you know it looks very good on on uh, on your computer. So I you know it's worth even if you're not a big fan of the show, it's worth 15 minutes of your time. Yeah, to it's it definitely out. some fun moments. Again, one of my big complaints with that is a little too much on the coffee porn and the car porn of like uh, you know I could care less about what they're driving and not super interested in the you know I love coffee as much as the next person, but I don't really need to see the making of the coffee and the foam and it's too much. You don't like we the can foam? cut five minutes easy out of every episode of comedians. Five minutes of foam—that's <laughs> a lot of foam. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of fat there. Yeah, they could cut the fat. It is long for an internet show where people have very short attention spans. I think he said that that when they pitched that he, you know, people wanted him to do like a six-minute like fun your die type video, and he, you know, he's like, nope, we're doing fifteen minutes because Jerry gets his way. Okay, sure. We'll agree to disagree. 
on that. Now, Jerry has been sort of all over the place also that he's been doing a bunch of different interviews. I heard him on with Colin Cowherd. Uh, do you like that show? Uh, I'm okay with Colin. I, there's no way for me to say this without being arrogant, but it's hard for me to listen to sports radio. <laughs> Why is that, Akiva? Because because you root for teams I'm, that I'm are terrible? Like a, no, I'm going to sound like a, a tool when I say this, but like there's very little that a Colin Cowherd can teach me. Hmm. Interesting. I actually, I really like Colin Coward and that's one of my favorite shows that I listen to. I don't listen to it all the time, but even if he's talking about something that I'm not necessarily interested in, I like to hear his take on it. And I guess that I'm in the same boat with Jerry on this because Jerry is a big fan of Colin Cowherd. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you find the show entertaining, you can listen, but my problem with most sports talk radio is like, I feel like the listener, at least like the extreme listener, like myself, has surpassed sort of the old school type of person. And I, I just feel like I know more than they do. And it's, it's hard for me to I know that sounds jerky, but I know nothing about anything. But I have no sports. So it's, it's a little hard for me to, you know, to sort of like take yeah. him seriously. I happen to think he's a really good broadcaster. And I like just to hear him talk about different things, you know, and I think that he always has an interesting take and he's not just giving you like the nuts and bolts stuff. And that's sort of what Jerry was saying also about why he likes him. I think Larry David is also a fan of Colin Cowherd. Yeah, I think he did mention that. Uh, Larry's Larry's a secretly big sports fan. <laughs> yeah. So he was on there. And one of the things that came up in that conversation, which Jerry has done, I think a number of interviews about this, Jerry Seinfeld is really against political correctness and feels like political correctness has gone too far. And he's talked a lot about how that p comedians need to stay away from colleges. Yeah, so he said himself and a few, I think maybe Larry the Cable Guy, and he mentioned a couple other prominent comedians, will not do college gigs, which are very popular for like comedians because, you know, the college will pay you, they're not worried about turning a profit. So they'll give you, you know, 50 grand and you just show up. You said yourself you did a college gig. <laughs> I once, did. Right? So, I mean, listen, if they're going to the Sesterninos, like they're probably starting at the Seinfelds and the CKs and they're working their way down or up the list. Um, but yeah, he said he doesn't do them, which, uh, listen, Jerry doesn't say anything that's so offensive. So it's interesting, right? It is interesting. So Jerry was complaining about this in a couple different places. I actually saw him on Seth Meyers also talking about this. Really? So he's doing like a whole campaign of anti-college. Yeah. He's stuff? saying that the PC stuff has gone too far. And especially he says like a lot of like younger people are too much into the PC and he keeps using the word in interviews that he says it's creepy. It's creepy about how, you know, people are very quick to say that's sexist. That's th that's this is that's whatever. And he feels like that is going to be the death of comedy. Yeah, I mean, and Jerry does, I think, consider himself the gatekeeper of comedy. Like he definitely considers himself like the sort of like living kind of like the judge of of, you know, who's funny and what's funny. And, you know, we mentioned like a month or two ago that he doesn't even like that people do their own stuff on YouTube that like you should have to basically be able to pass a test mm -hmm. in order Comedy to have license. Any, be any sort of artist. Yeah, you need a license. Yeah. Do we need a podcast license? I, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard Jerry talk about this. I do feel like he would be anti-podcast. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned that once Sarah Silverman tweeted like, oh, things were going so great until you asked me to come on your podcast and he retweeted it, which was like the only thing he's ever retweeted. So it's possible he's anti-podcast. Yeah, I would think so. I think that's a safe bet. But 
interesting that this is uh, Jerry's take on this, especially because he's a guy who his act has always been so notoriously clean. Right. So he really doesn't say anything. I mean, I do think he maybe has pangs of like, I don't want to say guilt, but I think people, uh, you know, he knows that the Seinfeld worldview in the early 90s, in, in peak camera time, is much different than 2015. And people would be hammering, by the end of season one, Rob, even if nobody was watching, there would have to be an African-American girlfriend. There would have to, you know, people would be the same way they do with, with shows that are on now. Oh, this show is too white. It's too, you know, it's told from one perspective. There would be so many think pieces. I mean, think of what's happening now, and the show's 25 years old, about people you know, coming out of the woodwork today, ripping Jerry and teaching Jerry Seinfeld how to do comedy. Uh, it, you know, it would be, so again, it's hard to judge a show that was on 25 years ago with today's standards, if that makes yeah. sense. It's an interesting discussion and one that I'm sure we could do a whole podcast about, but uh, let's resist that temptation and get into talking about the visa. Was there any other news, Akiva? I mean, that's plenty for this week. It's also worth mentioning now that we're talking about the visa. This is when you talk about PC, PC stuff. And of course, the one thing Seinfeld really gets railed on is not having a lot of minorities. This is one of the heaviest, one of the heaviest minority, uh, you know, uh, centric episodes of the whole series. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into talking about the visa. Of course, uh, the visa is from January 1993. It is season four, episode number 15, written by our friend Peter Melman. Friend of the podcast. Of the podcast. So we start off with Jerry doing some stand up, talking about lawyers. Of course, we're going to have the Cheryl Fong story here today where she is uh, Ping's cousin. What is her relationship with Ping? Yeah, she's Ping's cousin. <laughs> and right off the bat, if you really wanted to rag on the show about one thing is like there's like millions of Asian people in New York City. What are the odds that like the two Chinese people, you know, are cousins? <laughs> yeah, I mean, George did meet her in the diner and maybe, you know, the Chinese the Chinese food place is like around the block. Like so there is like some proximity. It's not like, you know, he met Ping in Queens and then met Cheryl on Staten Island. Like you could argue maybe geographically they live very close to where they are. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're grasping, doing a good job playing. Grasping at straws. You're grasping. All right. So they talk about the lawyers and how the lawyers are basically like the only people that have read the rules on the top of the box of the board game, which is life. I mean, that makes it sound like lawyers should really dominate the world. Because if you think about like playing a board game, if you're the only person who knows the rules, like you could lie, you could, you know, make up your own rules. Uh, are you I, like your son isn't old enough to play board games yet? Are you going to be the let him win type? Or are you going to? Are you going to like, no, he's got to learn. Mm. I think I'm going to at least make it close. I'm going to give him a run for his money. I got to see how that's going to go. Because I'm the try to beat my kids, but then lose to them in board. <laughs> so you actually try and then you lose. Oh, yeah. And well, I like trash talk. But a lot of times I, I lose. Yeah, my kids are like, okay, well, that's good. Like, man, I play memory with my six year old. She has an unbelievable memory. So she like, I don't know the difference between like Winnie the Pooh holding a crayon and Winnie the Pooh with a hat on his head, but you know, she's crushing me at that. All right. So let's get into it. We start off with George talking with Cheryl Fong and they're talking about how she's a lawyer and she specializes in naturalization. And that's going to become especially helpful once Babu Bad is going to be deported. What an incredible coincidence. Yeah. 
So that just happens to be what's going on. And so she is dying. Like the actress that plays Cheryl Fong, she's a good laugher. Uh, yeah, she. I, I really like this actress, actually. Yeah, I thought she's, she was really good, good, too. In, yeah, I, it's too bad we don't see him. We see her very briefly in the pilot in the finale of this season, but never again. But yeah, I, I, she has like an infectious laugh. That's yeah. true. So she's very good. And it's hard to fake laugh. Uh, do you think fake crying is, is easier than fake laughing on TV? Yes. Yes, because you could put tears in your eyes for fake crying. Like you have drops. Like guess, you, do fake, yeah. you can't do fake laugh drops. Yeah, and that's true. So that's her special. <laughs> so she's really good. She has a good fake laugh. That's probably what they did in the audition. Like, okay, let's see you laugh. Uh, she probably knocked that out of the park. Yeah. yeah. And she asked George about how <laughs> are your friends as funny as you are? Which is a very strange, like, opening question, basically. <laughs> yes. Like, who cares? There's no context to anything right now. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense when we ultimately see where this is all going. But you're right. It is an odd question for her to be asking. So Elaine and Jerry come in. And it turns out that Elaine was picking up Jerry's mail while he was away. Now, Akiva, could you help me with the timeline of events here? Like, where did Jerry go that he was gone for so long that... Babu got this visa extension letter. It went into Jerry's mailbox. And then by the time Jerry gets his mail, they're going to deport Babu. Yeah. So it was mentioned in the episode that he was away for a few weeks. A few weeks? Jerry was gone for a few weeks? Yes. He was gone because because I think that it's mentioned in the middle of the episode because I also wrote in my notes, wow, how long was Jerry gone for? But they do mention, and I wonder if they're covering up the fact that like, oh yeah, this is way too short of a period for him to get the letter and then get deported all the way back to India. So I think I think that, you know, Jerry, I mean, in, in, in terms of where he's gone, I mean, he's a stand-up comedian. He probably did a really long, you know, nationwide, like, you know, bunch of spots. You know, the, the, the thing is, comedians don't go away during the week, right? They go away Thursday to Sunday and then they fly mm-hmm. home, right? They'll go like, hey, you know, some chuckle hut in Houston has Jerry doing six spots Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then you go home and then you do the same thing, you know, in Tempe, Arizona the next week. So it's weird that he was away, but I don't know. So I guess, I guess there is comedy among the, maybe he was out in LA, you know, uh, I don't know, working on another pilot. How much time passed between the events of the movie and the visa? Oh boy. Well, well, why are you asking? I'm just curious. I'm like, cause I, I, I there, we don't really have a way of 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 answering that. I mean, again, it's all again like they haven't gone anywhere with the pilot. Like this whole thing can't it can't be too long. All the epi- the the uh, you know events of this season really can only be in a few months span. Yeah. So, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much time passed, but I, I, he does say a few weeks, which is really the only thing we know because that does seem like a very efficient branch of government that's deporting this guy just because he you know never got his letter in a couple weeks yeah i'm sure that we will talk a lot about that in the differences between 1993 and 2015 when we get to the policy about deportation and immigration and naturalization and all that stuff but uh, jerry and elaine come in and so they talk about they set up that the mail was been all picked up by elaine and so George ends up getting Cheryl Fong's number and they all sit together and he talks about how he was so funny with Cheryl, but he's got nowhere else to go but down. Akiva, have you ever made such a good first impression on somebody that you feel like you have no place else to go but down? 
I, I really wish I had, but I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I, I feel like first impressions are not my strong suit. <laughs> Neither are like second or 12th impressions. Yeah. So what you get you? better over time? Is that what it is? You start low? I think I wear people down and they just like either they're, if they're still there at a certain point, it's like, oh, that's, it's him. I'm still here. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I do. I can't think of a time I made a fantastic uh, first impression. I can't. I can't think of a time you did like something really good the first time and then didn't do something <laughs> so good the second time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe just like going through casting for stuff like that though is probably like you have to make a good first impression. It's like okay, now I got to keep it up. Now I got to try to be funny. So I think that you could and easily end up in a situation like George was in. And so we see that Babu is working at the diner. Boy, is Jerry actually a really, really, really good man? Because I feel like we dropped the thread from the last time that Jerry really just wanted to feel like he was doing good things. Like he really just wanted like the congratulations. That was from the first time we saw Babu here. It seems like he's almost legitimately being a good guy. Because I, it's a fair point, but I also think like Jerry can get by doing one nice thing and then talking about it for like weeks or months. So Jerry, you know, Babu asks, Jerry's like, okay, it's no harm to me to, you know, ask for a favor. I, you know, it's Jerry just getting in there. He's like, Hey, I'm a, you know, your best customer. Can you give my friend a job? And then he probably for the three interim weeks, every day he was on the road was probably telling people, Oh, I just got this guy, this job. I'm a great guy. I got a guy. a job." Right. So Babu is now a bus boy at the diner and he can afford an apartment in Jerry's building. Like, didn't we have a whole thing about Elaine would have loved to move into Jerry's building, uh, but it was expensive. Like how is Babu on the same sort of earnings level that Jerry is at, that they could live in the same building and on the same floor, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, my only guess is that he lives with other people because we do see, his brother come up. Maybe his brother also lives. So there. Jerry got Babu and his brother an apartment in the building. Well, maybe they were looking. Maybe his brother has a more steady job. I mean, that you know, it's the only thing I can think of. Or maybe you know, I, I mean, maybe this was a rent controlled apartment, just like the one that they were looking at in season one. Like you know, maybe you know, prices were were not that high in uh, in you know early nineties Manhattan. So it's 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 theoretically, and maybe Monks pays really well, Rob. <laughs> Perhaps. All right, so Jerry goes and talks to Babu and George is left with Elaine and George is talking about his plight of trying to have to be funny with Cheryl and he has to put on a show now for her. And Elaine starts off by saying like, no, that's not true. And he says, yeah, you got to put on the show. You got to keep it going. Otherwise, she's going to find somebody that's better looking with more money. And Elaine sort of agrees to this. Yeah, at first she was like, nah, what are you talking about, George? But yeah, by the end of what he's like, okay, it's true. She'll find somebody better looking yeah. with more money. That's and fair. even he's like, wait, that's true? <laughs> <laughs> like, Elaine, don't give up the, the lady team secret. Very upset. So Jerry comes back and we set up that Jerry and Elaine are going to the auto show. That's really something that doesn't have a big payoff in the episode. They're going to the auto show. No, I am not even sure why, like, plot-wise it needed to be there, but yeah. Maybe there's a deleted scene we never saw at the auto show that's really fun. There were no deleted scenes this episode, right? No, no, no but, uh, but again, there, you know, sometimes there's deleted scenes that just, they don't... They, they were don't on the script. Because, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we also set up that Kramer is at fantasy camp for the Yankees, <laughs> and George has a funny couple of lines about how Kramer's whole life is a fantasy camp, how people should pay money to go 
and be like Kramer and not have a job and fall into money and have sex without relationships. That's a fantasy. Yeah, that's a really a fame, probably the most famous line from this episode. And uh, it is true. Like Kramer, again, how the heck does he pay for his, pay his bills? Although we did say a couple weeks ago, we think he's a drug dealer, <laughs> now, right? Highly possible. Very possible. Uh, or, you know, he's, he's a Cuban cigar dealer. I, you know, it is fair, like $2,000. Where did Kramer come up with the extra two grand to go to Yankees fantasy camp? Akiva, have you ever contemplated going to a baseball fantasy camp? No, I was once at somebody's house and their dad like, hey, do you want to see my Yankees fantasy camp pictures? And half the pictures were just like old guys in the locker room with their like butts hanging out. I'm like, uh, no, I don't have need to go see old guy butts. No, thanks. So you actually are there showering with the former players like you. So you're seeing not only you're going and seeing the players. Oh, no, play, it wasn't or, like it wasn't, it wasn't like it, his thing wasn't like Yankee porn. It was like the I'm sure they have their own locker rooms. This was like the the fantasy campers. But it was just like it, it didn't seem it didn't seem so appealing. And I feel like very few people there are under the age of like 65. Yeah. Okay, so you're going and you're seeing other Yankee fans naked. Yeah, you're seeing other Yankee fan butts. So what do you do if you're not good? Like, I've thought about going to, like, a Mets fantasy camp. Like, I was like, oh, I would, I would really like to I would put that on my bucket list, but I'm not good at baseball. So the idea is appealing to me, but then I feel like the fact that I'm really bad at baseball is going to make people mad at me and make it a not fun experience. Well, they must have like different level, like they must have different levels. It's not just like nine of you versus nine of them. I'm sure they have like a few fields and, you know, you're breaking off and they may separate it by level. They may test you on day one. Isn't that possible that they test you I mean, on day one? How many one people do like, they have hey, that really suck? I mean, there has to be nine worst, like the nine worst people. I mean, what, what, what did they do with you in Little League? Where do you play in Little League? Uh, like what? Like, like put you out in like yeah, you, were, you were like the back one. Yeah, one of the like eight left fielders or whatever. I didn't. I didn't think you would be so bad at baseball. I'm actually kind of floored by. You're this floored news. by this. What has given you the impression? Well, because of you? you're like moderately athletic, right? I don't know. Like I'm. You moderately like be good. I'm moderately able. You know. I don't think it's a. Well, what was your best sport? What, what sport were you? There are really none of them. That uh, it's not. It's not great. Like I, I would say that I'm. You know, I couldn't like, I, here's the, here's the best things about me. Like I, I haven't gotten really fat and I'm in my mid thirties and probably like I've held, I've held up better than other people that are, are around the same age as me. Like if you like lined up, like uh, maybe everybody I went to high school with, like I'm probably at least now in the top half of people that you would think are, are athletes now. Just by appearances, but also through no help of your own. It's not like you exercise or work out. I right? try. I try to do some, some stuff. But a lot of this is probably metabolism and stuff like that. <sighs> I, I don't overeat. That's the one. That's the one best thing I could say. I don't. I think you secretly hate food. I secretly hate food. <laughs> I don't know. You don't seem to love food. So much. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I, I'm a, a foodie or anything like that. Yeah. See, I love food. So I can spot people who love food from like a I like away. food. Okay. Food is delicious. All right, fine. Okay, I take it back. Um, yeah, no, okay, fine. I, I don't even know where we got into. Oh, so the baseball camp. I think you'd be fine. But would you really be interested? Like, who? Like, Rob, like, do you want to go pitch to Gardo Alfonso? <laughs> can I go to, like, uh, Mets fantasy, like, announcer camp? Like, can I go just go there and, like, call the game and sit in the booth? I, bet, I mean, maybe they have an option. That's actually a really good idea. 
They used to have that at like Phillies games where you could sit like uh, in the stands and like that you do an inning of, of, of the game, not for the broadcast, but they'll, you know, you pay them and they tape it and they say, yeah, I think that would probably be the most fun for me is go to the fantasy camp, meet the players and then call the game. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Who would you be most excited to see at this fantasy? Camp? Well, I'm trying to look online to see who's actually at the Mets fantasy camp. Yeah, do they do it every year? I mean, I, I, know. I know the Yankees would have them, but the Mets might, it might be a little too. <laughs> it's hard to tell uh, who is there. I can see in the picture on the page that I'm on that the, uh, the campers played hard and the championship team was led by former Met Anthony Young. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Owen 27, Anthony Young. Yeah. He got his first yeah. win. Well, apparently also that they had uh, Dwight Gooden, Tim Tuffle, Lance Johnson, Doug Flynn, Ron Swoboda, Todd Pratt, and Mackie Sasser were they all there. You know, it must have been really expensive because I don't see a lot of people in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look at Kramer at Yankee Fantasy Camp. So do they let the, the people pitch? They let the fantasy people pitch at Fantasy Camp? Like... No, I see. I don't think any of the writers had actually been to fantasy camp. I think I think this is a little bit of fan fiction. All right, well, we'll talk more about that when we get to that scene. So we get to where Jerry is saying to George, like, hey, don't play one on one. Let's all get together. Let's go to dinner with you and Cheryl and then we'll have dinner together. And George has this really funny dream sequence of what it's going to be like at the dinner and in the dream sequence, Jerry is like just holding court and killing it, talking about how he never heard of corduroy. Yeah. And what, like, what do you think that's about? <laughs> I don't know, but that was really funny. I really liked it. I was looking like if there was something, if it was based on something, there is a song, a band called None More Black uh, wrote a song called Never Heard of Corduroy, which is, I guess, like a Seinfeld, you know, an inside Seinfeld. Joke. Is that what it is? So yeah. much inside Seinfeld music jokes. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it's I, I listened to it. Uh, so, you know, it's pretty typical, like boring punk rock. Mm-hmm. Song. I don't know if you. What what are the rules with playing music on a on a on a podcast? Like, you have to, do they? If what are the amount of seconds that you can play? Uh, I, I believe the rules are you just can't do it. Well, yeah, really, I believe that's what the rules are. But we tend to we're rule breakers. We're no collar. I'm sure the the none more. By the way. Uh, fantasy camp is uh, forty six hundred ninety five dollars for the opening for Yankees, pack. and you have to be thirty, so they don't want any. They don't want any, you know, whippersnappers punching the stars in the face. Yeah, that's right. But is that the Yankee one or the Mets one? That's the Mets okay. one. All right. So the Yankee one's got to be more expensive, you think? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, and the, and the and the forty six hundred is two participants share a hotel room with two queen size beds. So in, unless you're going with somebody, that's with a stranger. Oh, wow. Oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. Your own worse. room is an extra 600 bucks. <laughs> extra 600 bucks for your own room. I, I feel like it'll be worth I the money. I think it'll be worth the money. That's right. That's even more like, uh, that's even more old Met fan butt the you have to <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think old Met fan butt. I think we just got the hashtag for the podcast. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> there's, that's probably like a lot of, I don't know, like Butch Husky stalkers. I don't know. <laughs> you have to share the room with Butch Husky, I think. <laughs> so <laughs> George is out. He does not want to go to this dinner with Jerry. Uh, yeah, and it's so funny. Like he's so intimidated all of a sudden. Like 
Jerry's always been funny. It's interesting that uh, he's waking up to this Yeah, but now. I think this is the first time that George has attracted a woman with the fact like, oh, you're the funny one. You're so funny. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad. I guess it's, I guess it's, you know, it's tough. It's like being the, the ugly friend. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that, Akiva. Uh, let's get into talking about they're not going to go to Isabella's. That's what they say. No Isabella's. Jerry does not want to go there. Too trendy. Too trendy. He says, no matter what, no Isabella's. Cut to smash cut. George is at Isabella's. Slickly edited. <laughs> yes. Now, I wasn't paying close attention to this, Akiva. In the dream sequence, is George at Isabella's? Was it like a psychic dream? Yeah, I believe he was at Isabella's in the dream. <laughs> I, I didn't pay attention to it either, but I think so. I mean, at the very least, there's no way they rented out, you know, two or built two restaurant stages. So even if the, maybe they made it up a little differently, which I don't think they did. It's, it's the right. same thing. So they're in the middle of toasting. They toast to toast. Toast to toast. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, he, you know, he's losing her here. Like, but she seems to be liking it. Like, he should be losing her, but she's into it. What's your take on toast? Yeah, I, I, I never have it. And then when I do have it, I like <laughs> it, you know? So th- we should all have toast. It's one of those foods that when you have it, you're like, oh, I should have this more often. And then you don't think about it again for nine months. Yeah, toast is good. I think, but not as good as butter is. Butter is really great. You mean butter on toast? <laughs> yes. Toast itself like, is not that great. But you get some butter in the works. Yeah, you put, yeah, butter really, I guess it, it, makes, it makes the toast. But I mean, toast is fine. Who doesn't love food butter. now, Akiva? Oh, yeah, you're right. You love food. <laughs> Sign me up. So Jerry and Elaine show up at Isabella, and George is not happy. I mean, they said they weren't coming. He has the right to not be happy. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to move the tables together. George is like, no, you can't do that because then it's an eight because they're round. And so Elaine is trying to get Jerry to tell this funny story. Uh, yeah, by the way, George is right. It is an eight. That is right. That is right. Can you push two circle tables together? I, if, by the way, a fancy restaurant like this, they're going to like come and stop you right away. Like, no, 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 guys. What's yeah, going this on This is here? Isabella's. What do you think this is? Yeah, this isn't Monk's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This isn't Mendy's. This is Isabella's. Wait, you think at Mendy's? You think at, at Mendy's? There are. I don't even know if there are tables at Mendy's. I'm gonna say it's a booth at Mendy's, but I can't be sure. I mean, the real Mendy's. I, you're lucky. You know, you're eating on the floor. Okay. Anyway, so that Jerry is gonna tell this funny story, but George is like, no, 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 no. We need to order. We need to order. And we end up finding out that Cheryl is a lawyer and Elaine is asking for legal advice. And the case that she's asking about just happens to be the case that Cheryl is working on. Elaine starts off saying like, well, so I went outside to go chase a virgin and there was this Chinese food delivery boy. And she finds out that Ping is her cousin. Yeah. And I love that she says that because I feel like this happens every day. I think when I worked with someone in the city, like this happened to him twice where he like ran into like biked in, he ran into like a guy on the bike, like two different times, a Chinese delivery guy. But um, yeah, it is kind of amazing, right? That the, the two, the, you know, the two Chinese people they know happen to be related. <laughs> what an unbelievable coincidence. We just got to get past that, Akiva. I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. All right. So they talk about when you ask me what couldn't happen in 2015, I'll say that because it couldn't happen in 93 either. All right. So they end up talking about the case and then Cheryl Fong has to get up to go make a call. That's very odd that Cheryl had to get up to make a call. I think they should have at least had her like say she has to go to the bathroom. Yeah, because everyone assumes she's going to call Ping, but she claims that she went to say happy birthday to her aunt who's obsessed with birthdays. Yeah. 
I mean, did that happen that much in 1993 where people were just like, oh, I just remember this call I have to make and just like getting on the payphone? I mean, it happened, but I, it's like when you're on a date, it's kind of <laughs> rude. But I guess, you know, if it's the only time you can call someone to happy birthday, then I guess you got to do it. All right. So George says, hey, stop it. You can't be so funny. Would it kill you to not be so funny? Yeah. I mean, it's harder. Is it? It's probably harder to like intentionally not be funny than be funny but jerry's incredible at not being funny apparently (laughs) yes because all of a sudden if jerry starts being funny then george will be a short bald guy with glasses who doesn't seem so funny uh yeah i mean that's to most people that's just what george is right (laughs) and then i really like this of jerry talking about how he doesn't have to be funny so they start practicing jerry not being funny akiva did you feel like jerry is being funny when he's trying not to be funny I, I do. He's being funny, although like this, like Elaine keeps saying he's being funny. This is like a little bit like Elaine is clearly in love with Jerry. right? Hmm. Wow. I didn't get that take. I mean, that's like the whole time I'm watching. It's like, wow, she's like still so into Jerry. Wow. So she is in love with Jerry. And I mean, they're just like they're still going out on dates to the car show. Like this is like this whole series. is just like the story of like the love story of Jerry. Unrequited love between Jerry and Elaine. Yeah, because she says, yeah, you can't not be funny. See, my wife, who supposedly is in love with me, uh, ask her if I'm funny. Yeah, I mean, nobody's funny. Like, <laughs> my, my wife is, you know, also like if, if you said like, who's funnier, me or you? She'd say that she's, you know, that she's funny. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I, I can't remember the last time she laughed at like, I could say something and I could like crack up a room. I'm not saying it's ever happened, but in yeah. theory. And like, she'll be the one not laughing. And then I'll be like, oh, that was a good, like later I'll be like, that was a good joke. And she's like, what? I like, oh, I didn't hear it. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Eh, that was okay. Right. Yeah. My wife would never admit or never even say or think that I was funny. So for Elaine to be saying that Jerry can't not be funny. Yes. I think maybe, maybe there's something going on there still. Now, do you think that's every was like, is Jerry Seinfeld's wife? Is that why he's divorced? Like his wife didn't think he was funny? (laughs) I don't know. And Louis CK is divorced. Like, Maybe, maybe just like no, no one's wife thinks they're really funny. I don't know. I'm sure somebody's wife thinks they're funny. And I'm sure that, yeah, you know, who good looking guys who are rich, who aren't funny, their wives think they're funny. I, I don't even know if that's the case. I don't know if that's the case. No, nobody's wife thinks yeah. they're funny. I wonder, are there husbands out there who think their wives are funny? Is your wife funny? Yeah, she's, I mean, I'm funnier than her, <laughs> but she's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, she's and funny. my wife can be funny also. When she wants to be funny, she could be funny. But I also feel like everyone's, almost everyone's spouse can be funny in the sense that like you have like inside jokes and like there are, th- you know, things that you could say to your spouse that you, you know, are funny, but you wouldn't say in a group of people or in public. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, yeah. let us, let us, if, out, if you're out there and your wife thinks you're really funny, let us know if this unicorn really <laughs> exists. So Cheryl comes back. Jerry has to now pretend that he's not funny and he has to be serious. And the Cheryl's talking about it was her aunt's birthday. And I guess that's why we have to do this because we have to get into talking about this birthday stuff. And Jerry starts going into this whole monologue about how birthdays are sad because every year it's an opportunity to change and we don't change for the rest of our sad lives. And he ends up finishing it out by saying, uh, happy birthday. No such thing. Funny guy, Funny guy. Huh? but I think, 
I think uh, this is Jerry's best acting the whole series. He's just like being serious. Yeah. He's the only time he's not being well, Cheryl is really into it, as we're going to see later on in the episode. I mean, it's so strange. Oh, it's also funny because like when they came, George, Jerry is being funny, but she clearly like blocks that out of her memory and only remembers the serious mm-hmm. when, you know, when they meet later on. <laughs> yeah, she's blocked that out because she's so infatuated with the serious, sad Jerry. But why would that? I mean, I guess she's just into like serious, sad people. I don't know. Look, it's the 90s. It's hammer time. You want, you know, sort of like these brooding type musicians. Grunge is about to happen. Oh, grunge is happening. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. It's about to get big. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess that was the thing that was back then. But uh, yeah, Jerry, he does a good job here. Yeah. No, she likes the idea of the sad guy that, you know, I think that that's still a thing where the guy who is like, oh, well, why, what's wrong with him? I, I can make him happy. I can fix him. Yeah. Is, is, I mean, I, does that ever work? Does anybody ever fix anybody? Yeah, I feel like it's going back to Twilight. I feel like it's the whole Edward thing of like... Whoa, 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 whoa. I, are you being serious yeah. now? Yeah, I think that was his thing. He's like, he's Edward's not funny. Whoa. Edward's Robert Yeah, why do, you th- why do you think so many you know, teenage girls, they like that guy? They want to fix him? Yeah, these, that he's you know, dark, mysterious. Women like that. Who's the girl in that movie? <laughs> uh, you're asking me for the character's name? Bella. Well, Bella all, is you, the like, character's name. You, you seem very uh, knowledgeable about these Twilight movies. I did not expect that. I saw at least the first one. I think I might have seen both of them. First two. But not in the theater, right? You still have your No, I definitely like saw one, the first one in the theater. Oh my God. Is that what made you stop going to movies in the theater? <laughs> no. I went because my I, wife was, was into the books and then, and then uh, she didn't like the movie. But she made me take well, her. At least if she doesn't like the first one, you're out of the next like 10, right? I feel like we did go to see the second one in the theater. But then that was it. That was the last one we saw in the movie theater. Oh, my God. By the way, speaking of movies, we should have mentioned in the news portion. Um, the Make Entourage. The uh, we, I, I, what did I bet? Like 23 yeah, you were way or off. something? Way off. Well, listen, I, was, I had no faith in America. And in this great nation, probably the proudest moment in the history of the country. Yeah. Um, they they said no to the Entourage movie in droves. Yeah. What was it, like 10 million for the Entourage movie? Yeah, 10, 11 million. Uh, I, I, I feel like as a people, we said, we do not want a sequel. We don't care for you. Uh, you know, don't, you know, no more of uh, Johnny Drama. No more of uh, the, uh, the Adrian Grenier, who is maybe the worst actor who's ever acted. How dare you? And uh, goodbye to Turtle. Goodbye to E, even though he's a Mets and a Jets fan. Um, uh, one other thing, by the way, people were sending us that like Peter Dinklage was on Seinfeld. Yeah. Peter Dinklage was never on Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know where, like, so I, I, I go, I, I didn't know where it came from. And I, I'm like, did I miss that? Like, cause when Seinfeld was on, I obviously would have had no idea who Peter Dinklage was. So like, it's theoretically possible I could have missed it. But in the, in the, uh, when she, when Elaine hires a, um, uh, an alarm service and they call her, wake her up. Right. Yeah one of the voices on YouTube, somebody says, this is Peter Dinklage. And then on IMDb, someone wrote that it's Peter Dinklage. He's not credited in the episode. And then it made it to Wikipedia. But it's very clearly this other guy, like Brian McNamara or somebody. It's very clearly, it just sounds a little bit like Dinklage. It's not Peter Dinklage. So all those people who were writing in saying that Peter Dinklage was actually on Seinfeld. 
Because we said last week we don't think he's ever heard of Seinfeld, or I said yeah. that. Uh, it still stands. The only way he's heard of it is if somebody goes over to him on the street and asks him uh, if he, if he, you know, if he was on Seinfeld. But uh, unless that's happened, he's still never <laughs> heard of it. All right, a couple things. Going back to the Entourage movie, my brother, yes, who I told you had rewatched all of Entourage in preparation for the Entourage movie. And you deprived America of the of the brother versus brother entourage mm-hmm. podcast. And I talked to him yesterday. He went to go see Entourage. He was very upset, very disappointed. He Why? said they undid everything that they did in the finale, and then they just did. I, I guess apparently, like you know, all of the closure that they put into the finale, then they had to undo everything and then put things back exactly as they were at the start of the movie. That's what like dumb shows do. <laughs> they don't respect like. I know the I, I didn't watch it, but like the finale of like two and a half men also just like completely undid or like destroyed. They broke down like the fourth wall and the fifth wall and they have like the creator coming on the screen and saying things and like <laughs> really uh, I have to go back like that. and watch that. That sounds great. It supposedly was horrible. <laughs> like like th- they're killing a fake Charlie Sheen with like a piano over his head. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I didn't watch it, but I, I read it. Oh my God, it. that it sounds awful. I need to go find it. Go, why don't you give us a report for next week on the series finale of Two and right. But the point is, like shows like that, they're just interested in making money. The same reason that they'll never reference anything because they want it to be evergreen. You know, so and if you're watching it in 20 years from now, you won't miss a reference like you know Moose Gowron in this episode. <laughs> so goodbye, good riddance, Tom. All right, and that being said, I don't know how you could be uh, mocking me about going to see Twilight in the movie theater when you said this. You know, I love the Biebs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I love the Biebs. You know, I love is the Is that Biebs. from this podcast or is that because I did a whole podcast about Justin <laughs> That was from <laughs> the Seinfeld podcast a couple of weeks ago. I told Scott, I told oh, Scott I, I to, to cut that nice clip and he did. I have to start. Oh, my God. You know, I love the Biebs. <laughs> I have to start being nice to you because you probably have all these like terrible, terrible clips. You you still have the snake clip of me? No. What's the snake clip? The one where I had to go oh, no, 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 no. There was a snake <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Let's go back. You have a lot of material. I got two years. I have to be nice. To you. <laughs> let's go back to this. <laughs> so uh, after we have the scene from the <laughs> in the restaurant. So Elaine is at Jerry's apartment. She has the mail. He's going through it. Uh, Cheryl has gotten pinged to drop the case. Now, I know that everybody is nice, but how would, I mean, what, how did Cheryl convince Ping to drop the case? She probably said, like, she didn't really do anything wrong, and she probably had to, like, screw over her cousin here, because she really thinks she has right. a case, right? And that she's going to take Elaine to the bank. So she has to go say to her cousin, you know, I thought about it, she's nice, it's going to be a waste of her time, we're not going to make any money. So now she's like screwing over Ping because she likes Elaine. And of course, later she's just going to, you know, decide like, oh, I hate Elaine. I'm going to be back on Ping. What do you think of the damages that Ping is trying to get out of Elaine? I mean, what exactly was injured? Um, well, like, what, what's his injury? I'm not sure. I think his head hurt. Yeah, I think he had a head, a head injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, nowadays, maybe that would be more. Back then, I mean, she said she was going to take her to the cleaner. She's the Terminator. She's never yeah, lost. La Vista, baby. Uh, ten thousand dollars. Does that seem low? I mean, that's, I'm sure she was asking for more. She doubled the damage yeah, by the end of the episode. So, does anything ever end up happening with this case? Uh, no. We we just we see Ping. Uh, we see them in the finale, but 
It's not like he's sitting in a chariot of, of gold. <laughs> and I mean, it's not like Elaine has like personal insurance or anything like that, right? Liability insurance. No, but she also might not have any assets. <laughs> so they just, so she had to be Ping's butler. Is that what happened? I think so. <laughs> the judge sentences her to be Ping's butler. Um, okay. I mean, I, I guess that's, uh, you know, that would be maybe, uh, is that, is that like a season 10 type of thing? <laughs> yep. Like maybe this has just never been just, you know, court cases can go on for years. Yeah, this is the plot. Maybe it just never been Seinfeld, settled. the movie where finally the case ended up going through and then Elaine didn't have any money. So the judge sentences Elaine to be Ping's butler. They really should have paid this off. They should have had like Elaine, like every time they go out to eat, like Elaine has no money. We're like, I mean, we already had Elaine complaining that she was poor. So I don't think they liked it. I don't think it's like uh, it was appealing for her character. Yeah. I don't think they want to go back to it. But, it, you know, they should have paid it off in some way because it, it definitely we really only see Ping and Cheryl briefly in the in the uh, in the season finale. And so it never pays okay. off. So here comes Kramer. He comes back with stories from Fantasy Camp. Uh, yeah. And they're much different than the than the butts in the shower story. <laughs> yes. There's a he doesn't mention anything about old Yankee fan, but except for Mickey Mantle. So talk to me. Tell me the story of Kramer at Fantasy Camp. Okay, so he was supposed to come back on Monday, but he's back a few days early. And the reason he's back is because there was an incident at fantasy camp. Okay. Right. What happened? So Kramer says he punched the great Mickey Mantle in the mouth. Not good. Not good. Not, really not good. And Mickey, I mean, this is the last couple years of Mickey Mantle's life, right? So uh, he's an old man. And, and Mickey Mantle really lived. Like he was an old, whatever he was, you know, 60. Mm-hmm. Um, so they said they took him to the hospital and they canceled the rest of fantasy. Camp. <laughs> now, do you think there's ever been a bench clearing brawl in fantasy camp? I, I don't know, but if there is, I hope it's on YouTube. Like, should we maybe I don't want to search it now. Yeah, Do they play I, right a real game in fantasy camp? Yeah, I mean, probably at the end. I feel like you play with each other and maybe they give you tips. And like the last day of the camp, you play one game with with the with the pros. Yeah, I mean, I'm going through the. I'm going th- flipping through the photo gallery on Mets.com about the Mets fantasy camp. I see Todd Pratt is at bat. And Ooh, I would say I would want to go if Todd Pratt's at fantasy. <laughs> You're in on Todd Pratt. But now here Todd Pratt is pitching in, in this next picture. <laughs> so I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> so I guess I guess Todd Pratt's probably one of the best pitchers there. I mean, Todd Pratt, he has, you know, he could do whatever he wants. He hit, he hit the uh, series ending home run. So Todd Pratt has immunity to do whatever the heck he wants on the Mets. Yeah. So I don't really know. It's like, do they have just like bullpen arms and stuff like that? That is like pitching. I mean, I feel like people want to see the hitters. Nobody's ever like, I really want to see, you know, Rick Reed or somebody like I see they have Lance Johnson and Mackie Sasser. Right. Like. (laughs) <laughs> so like nobody's nobody's asking for the pitchers. To but come they're going to let some lunatic like Kramer, like go out there and and, and pitch and uh, like, uh, I mean, what's the liability on that of like, that if, let's say Kramer can throw like a 70 mile an hour fastball and he's like, not forget Joe Pepitone. It, like, what if he's just like, uh, you know, hits some somebody and like, you know, hits them in the face with the baseball. What happens if it happens in a real game? I guess they have insurance in the real game. Well, yeah. I mean, it's also sort of a sanctioned uh, thing. It's not just like some lunatic. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the rules, but may- I mean, maybe they tighten them up. I'm sure the Yankees tighten them up after this. <laughs> after this. 
Yeah. All right. So a bench clearing brawl and Kramer punched out Mickey Mantle's lights. Accidentally, though, right? He, Joe Pepitone was creating the play. <laughs> he plunked him. Yeah. They started a brawl. And he, but really, he only punched Mickey because uh, Moose Gowan was, uh, was, you know, trying to beat up one of his teammates. <laughs> and he had to, someone, someone was trying to break up the fight and he didn't know in, it was Mickey Mantle. Too yeah, such late. camaraderie between the fantasy camp players. Oh yeah, they they cleaned house. They were they were you know knocking guys around because he even says Good chemistry that uh, he even says like the play he mentions two of the players were fighting each other. <laughs> All right, so Babu Bot being dragged out. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this scene. There's literally like four scenes going on in this one. There's scene. a lot going on because Kramer keeps telling the story every time there's a break in the act. <laughs> yes, they, who said that you killed Mickey? Muscarin. Uh, Hank oh, Bauer. Hey. So Babu Bot is being dragged away. They said his visa is expired. He's screaming to Jerry, help me, help me. I mean, this guy, Babu really is, Jerry's like his life. Well, the thing is, he really is so dependent. Jerry wasn't supposed to get the immigration letter. That was an accident. His mailbox just happened to be next to Babu's. So that Jerry really didn't have anything to do with the visa. It was just that he was careless and Elaine was picking up his mail and they didn't give him the application letter for the visa. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, Bob, I like so Babu even has less of a reason than to, you know, really be totally dependent on on Jerry's, you know, whims. Yeah. Should Jerry have mentioned that he got the letter? Should he have just said, oh, I think I got lost in the mail? No, Jerry should have said it just came today. That's what he mm. said. I ran it here now. I just got it's wrong. They probably had the wrong address. I just got it in my mailbox today. That's what you do. <sighs> but doesn't the post postal service have like a date on that? I, whatever. The, Babu is not, is not, doesn't not have enough familiar. time in America yeah. to do a whole investigation, <laughs> Rob. He's, in he's back in Islamabad by, you know, by nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're getting into that. We are going through the mail and we find the formal letter from the Immigration Bureau. Whoops. Whoops. And Jerry is upset about this. And he says to Lane, am I being funny now? Uh, he's not. But I, I do think like at a certain point, first, I mean, obviously, like the time frame is very short here, but like bad job by Elaine never bringing over the mail. Yeah, especially because she sees Jerry every day. And like she just she's got nothing to do like she she works. Know, she could just like she's I know, but like her only friend is out of town. She you know, she could just go to his house. She's got one of the spare keys, right? We know that just drop the mail in his house. I guess so. So, yeah, bad job by Elaine. Yeah, it is kind of crazy that she's take going to Jerry's apartment, getting the mail, and then bringing it back to her house. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We, found, we found a big uh, uh, hole, you know, a plot hole you could drive a truck through. <laughs> Major plot hole. Or, or just, like, like, shove it under the door. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I mean, I don't know. I don't, you can't, can you get a TV guide under a door? I don't think so. Mm, so much TV guide, Pretty evolution sick. of TV guide talk in Seinfeld. So the TV guide really comes up a lot. I feel like it was such an important part of the culture then. And, and now it's, it's I don't, it barely exists. Yeah. So George comes up and Jerry is saying, hey, could you put me in touch with Cheryl? Because she is a immigration lawyer. And that's what, exactly what we need. Uh, yeah. Am- amazingly, she is uh, the exact type of lawyer that they need. <laughs> really amazing. The magic of TV. And so 
Jerry is going to go talk to her, but George has a stipulation that Jerry has to still not be funny. No funny no business. No funny business. And how long does Jerry need to keep this up? Uh, until consummation? Yes. Which, which is until George is comfortable. And uh, Jerry has a good line. He says, uh, I don't think you have that much material. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna need to, he's gonna need to move up the consummation a little bit, I think. So Jerry and Cheryl, Gerald is a thing uh, for this scene only. <laughs> so what do you think of depressed Jerry? I mean, I wouldn't want to see it long term, but I do think like it's funny just trying to see him be someone different. For one, he's playing himself a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, so it's fun to see him mess around for. A no, second. it is funny, and so he's going through everything and he doesn't seem to care about anything and then she's like really into him and she's like what do you do for a living he's like oh i'm a comedian <laughs> yeah that's what that's my favorite line in the whole episode <laughs> all right so jerry and elaine are going to eventually go see babu uh yeah and he, what he's in like uh like immigration jail i don't know what he's of? in he's in like some sort of holding detention, cell i guess you'd call it detention maybe i don't know what he's in but they go and see him and jerry goes and talks to babu babu very receptive to jerry yeah, he's a very good man. Yes, he's a very good man. And he's very happy to see Jerry. And Jerry is telling the whole story until he gets to the part where he got the immigration visa but did not give it to Babu. Yeah, Babu turns on him like nobody's business. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so he's going through the whole thing and Babu is mad and Jerry's talking about life. But the wheels are in motion. Elaine's very funny in this scene because she's sort of just like mimicking the pantomime gestures that Jerry is making. Yeah, because she he has no idea who she is. Like she's just you know the the uh, second you know the third wheel here. No pun intended. Like it's uh, you know she's she doesn't want the wrath of Babu to come on. Yes. Her. Well, speaking of wheels, the wheels are in motion. That is the line. Uh, that's right. And listen, at the end of the day, Babu could be as mad as he wants to be. Jerry is clearly we've seen his only hope. <laughs> yes, all hopes rest on Jerry. So let's go to George who's in the car with Cheryl and Cheryl is telling George how she is very attracted to Jerry. Which is a kind of a strange thing to say to your boyfriend, right? Uh, I guess she wants to leave him. You know your best friend? I'm really attracted to him. Mm -hmm. Because he is so dark and disturbed. So George is too funny for her. <laughs> He's too funny. She likes the guy who's serious. Well, he is serious. Yeah. And George is going to lose his mind. He's very upset about this whole thing. And he says, no, he's funny. He can't not be funny. Right. I like the line. Uh, his whole life is, is about Superman and cereal. <laughs> yeah. And she likes that he's disturbed. And George says like, oh, you like that he's disturbed. I'm disturbed. Nobody's more disturbed than me. I'm the sickest guy there is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very funny the way that this whole thing turns. And she's like, Jerry's whole thing is an act. I, I do like when every every episode when like some guest character realizes the monsters that, that they're <laughs> dealing with. <laughs> like, the, it's amazing. Like the lens that that Jer that like George had Jerry go to and that Jerry was fine with it and completely went along, even like in one on one serious encounters about like immigration law. Like Jerry's still putting on this act just, you know, so George could hopefully score. Yeah. And so Cheryl is very upset. She's getting out of the car. George is saying, I'm depressed. I'm inadequate. I've got it all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good George scene. Yeah. All right. So Jerry and Elaine are talking and they're saying, where's Babu? They, cause they hear a noise coming from his apartment, but it's Babu's brother. Uh, yeah. 
Where is Babu? Yeah, uh, he has gone back to Pakistan. Uh, right. He knew. Right. She says like he knew a lawyer was all going to be fixed. Like it, it is like amazing that Babu is 100 percent of his hopes are completely. Is Babu is Jerry like the only person Babu knows yes. in New York? I mean, literally, he changed his whole restaurant on Jerry's whim. <laughs> He's a very, very, very good man. He's a nice man. I mean, like, shouldn't he, shouldn't he realize that, like, when you trust Jerry, things do not end well, well? I think he knows that now. He gave him a second chance. There will not be a third yeah. chance. I do like this scene where they offer Babu's brother a Snapple, and he declines. Well, it's exactly like the virgin, <laughs> right? When she was mad, he, Elaine's like, Snapple? And he declines and says, uh, too fruity. I was, I was thinking like maybe it's product placement, but he's insulting the drink. It's too so fruity. Well, it depends what kind of Snapple you get. Sure, if you get some sort of like strawberry Snapple, that could be too fruity. Yeah, I love the lemonade. I thought those were underrated, like the cold lemonade Snapple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I would pay $30 to have one right now, but I, I haven't had one oh my in years. God. I, like, I do like assigning arbitrary, like enormous monetary <laughs> figures for random things. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed. That's like, that and, and like whether someone would babysit my kids. Those are my go-to uh, <laughs> analogies. Okay, so let's go to finding out that Cheryl has basically turned on everybody because we find out that she did not help Babu. And also Ping is coming to deliver some Chinese food for Kramer and he's back and the case is back on. Yeah, I mean, shouldn't there be double jeopardy? Like, shouldn't they have gotten, you know, Cheryl and Pink to, like, sign? Like, Elaine is not responsible for the damage. Maybe the wheels were in motion. The wheels were in motion, but they never happened. Yeah. So I don't think that the formal dropping of the case was in the mix. No, that, you got to get that in writing next time. Got to get it in writing. And so we also find out that Kramer went back to apologize to Mickey Mantle. Yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> not good. Not good, Akiva. Not good. <laughs> Uh, what happened? What was the problem? The Mickey, Mickey Mantle's guys, Mickey Mantle's goons escorted Kramer out? Well, he did punch Mickey, so he, it was probably never going to work out. But he said he got on his knees and, and begged Mickey to hit yeah. him. <laughs> punch me, Mick. Probably not the strategy. Probably just like, I'm sorry, sir. Good day. Yeah. It would be the best says, strategy. Uh, I love you, Mickey. <laughs> did Mickey have a real restaurant yes, in the city? I assume yes. he did at that time. Yeah, so Does it still exist? I don't think so. Uh, I can double check that for you. But yeah, I, I feel I've like actually the been athlete there. restaurant. Yeah, it's, there? it's by Central Park. Rob, the athlete restaurant in the list of investments, it's not high not up good. there. Let's see. So uh, Mickey Mantle Steakhouse.com. Uh, uh, boy, that is in Oklahoma. Uh, let's see uh, the NYC one. Looks like, I mean, it has a Yelp, so it's got to probably still be there, right? Yeah, I think it's still there. Midtown uh, West. What's its What's its Yelp grade? Ooh, it's not good, Akiva. You want to guess? Well, Yelpers report that this location has closed. Oh, has it closed? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I have a more updated. No, Yelp no, no. I'm, I'm on it. I, it's just uh, that. Uh, so I guess it closed in 2012. That looks like that's the most recent one. Oh yeah. So I, I can't answer because I see it's two and a half stars, which is pretty mm-hmm. low. Yeah. Uh, sad. Very sad. And I feel like Sorry, it would have been lower had it stayed. <laughs> I feel like Yelpers have gotten more negative up. over the years. Restaurants rarely get better after 20 years of decline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> that's that's what's going on. Did you ever want to? Didn't? Did you ever want to open up a Never. restaurant? 
Was it? Didn't didn't people? What restaurant did the people on Survivor want to split with you and open up? Uh, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't like a sit down restaurant. The chain, yeah, right? it was. What was it? Uh, like was it a Sonic? I think it was Sonic. <laughs> yeah. No. You could have. You right. You could have been like a, a. You know, like a. You could have owned like a hundred Sonic. I mean, I've been a waiter as a job. Like I've worked in restaurants, and I say this is terrible business. Yeah, but I mean, you you don't have to wait on people when you own it. But I guess it's it's a lot of work. You have to I feel be like, there uh, all the nine, time. You got to manage everything that's that's going on. You can't do it from your desk at home. Right, right. It's a it's a hard job. It's a hard. I know there's a lot of people that are really into it, but it's hard work. Yeah. So what what kind of restaurant would we open if we opened the restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Would it be like an E restaurant? E like restaurant. Well, going? let's see. How about this? Uh, what about it's a cereal restaurant. We got every type. We got every type of cereal. You come in. Mm-hmm. You want you want a small bowl, medium bowl, or big bowl. We got every different kind of milk. You want coconut milk, almond milk. Uh, uh, see, I'm already, I, we're already gonna have like we're gonna have some squabbles as co-owners because I'm anti almond milk. I don't know if we need. To we have can't almond have almond milk on the menu. You don't, you don't have to yeah, have I, it. I don't know. Uh, now we may have to go our separate restaurant ways. <laughs> What's it called? I, well, I'll find. I'll give you almond milk, but I don't like you know. I'm no chocolate cereals. I, I hey, Kiva, we're gonna cut off half because <laughs> you don't like it. We're gonna lose half All our right, fine. I'll give you base that. of I, people. Can it be kosher? Can we have no Lucky Charms? So it could be a kosher. I mean, restaurant? I guess so. I mean, if if some of I pay like the rabbi a lot of money to like yeah. If some of the cereals are kosher and some and some of the other cereals are not kosher, is that is that the throw the baby out with the bathwater? We're no good. It does. It, like if you're getting it straight from the box, like that's totally fine. Yeah. Like maybe bring your own bring bowl. Bring your own bowl. That's fine. You, you might have to, the kosher people may have could, to bring their you own. Could bring your, you could bring your own bowl. Bring your own bowl. It's. I know. Like I know people do. I I know. Uh, I have a friend who's like a crazy germy, uh, and so she when she goes to a restaurant, she brings her own for kosher germy, or this is a straight she up. She happens germy. to keep yeah. kosher, but she's she's grossed out by like by germs. And she doesn't trust like uh, dishwashers, so she brings her own fork, mm-hmm. um, knife. No, she doesn't bring her own knife because nobody, uh, nobody's mouth touches the knife. And cup. She has like a cup that she like gets her drink. Okay. In. <laughs> Amazingly, she's still single. <laughs> you, do, you don't say. Like a first, the first dates where she does this don't go well. <laughs> yeah, apparently. you don't say. <laughs> All right. So, what's the name of the cereal restaurant before we move on? That's a good question. Let's see, uh, the bowl. I call it the bowl. Yeah, the bowl is not bad. I'm sure we could. We'll think of something better as we go on. We'll get back. We'll get back to that with some nonsense. Okay. We'll interrupt some. All right. So we go to Babu in Pakistan, and yeah. he is talking about this whole story. And he says that he's going to save up every rupee and get back to America and exact vengeance. And I really feel like I don't know what you think, Rob. Just the rest of the 135 episodes, they're just setting up Babu's revenge, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what it's... Because Babu is really... One, he's one of the last people to testify, if not the last in the finale. He's really puts the nail in the coffin on the case. I, you know, I, I just feel like this. everything is about Babu's revenge from yeah, here on out. Chekhov's Babu. We, we don't see Babu again until then, but his presence is felt. Yes, yes it's... Even like maybe the soup Nazi is just like someone who was sent from, Bab- you know, by yeah, Babu. Babu is a real like Arya Stark. He just sits there. Jerry, Elaine, 
Kramer, <laughs> George, <laughs> Cheryl Fong. Like he just Newman's fool. <laughs> and he goes through all the names and he's just waiting to exact his vengeance. Uh very, 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 very bad. Very, man. very, very bad man. So Jerry's closing stand-up is about uh, immigration and Ellis Island and uh, all that stuff. Give us your tired. And he goes on to make fun of all the different things. That Why do we have to say? Can't we just say let anybody in? All right, Akiva, let, let's talk about this. Uh, the immigration reform was not a thing in 1993. Uh, no, I guess uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't as hot of a topic as it became like uh, the next day. Harder or easier for Babu to get a visa in 2015? Oh, that's a good question. You'd have to really, we should have had an immigration lawyer on. Yeah, I really don't know the rules about how Babu would get a a visa. Like, I don't even know if Babu would be able to get here in 2015. I do know that, um, you know, they're very strict about the form. So if you forget to fill out this form, it is realistic that you could be, you know, shipped out of the country within like 24 or 48 hours. Now, when you get shipped out of the country, do they buy you a ticket to go back? Yeah, I do oh, believe so you get a, you don't you get a free pay. ticket. So you're saying people should intentionally deport themselves because sometimes they sit in jail for weeks. Oh, Rob. OK, forget that. You're not always getting that. I mean, you can't like uh, I'd like to request one first class trip back today. Like sometimes you're just sitting there with probably no like human rights, you know, in some jail with no one knows you're even there half oh. the time. Okay. You know, so your plan is not uh, as good as it sounds. I, I admire your cheapness. <laughs> well, you get the free ticket. The free ticket. And I don't think you're a prisoner like that guy from Time Magazine. Mm. (laughs) Yes. You're a boy. Do do you get to pick which airport you're going to fly back into or do they just send you to any airport in your... See, that's a good question. Like, let's say, because I... And they don't... They just say India. uh, The the character says Islamabad in the uh, inside look. Uh, He's actually... He's actually Israeli. Uh, He just looks Indian. Uh, Babu Bhatt. I think... Uh, they probably, they're probably a very strict, listen, this is the government. They probably have a very strict policy, like whatever's closest to your home. Mm, okay. Or maybe they just ship you back to the country and then you're on your own. Like you could be in China, Russia, like 12, you know, a 12 hour flight and you're just stuck. Yeah. All right. So Akiva, let's go ahead and talk about anything else that would not hold up from 1993 and 2015. Anything else from this episode? Hmm, what doesn't hold up? I mean, maybe there's more security at fantasy camp. <laughs> yeah. Cheryl uh, Fong doesn't need to call her aunt from a payphone. Uh, I feel like everyone's heard of Corduroy by this point. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was the bear, you know, like Corduroy the bear from those children's books. Probably. Maybe that's, that's probably what they were talking about. All right. Like, Akiva, about where it. do you put this on the episode rankings? I feel like this is a very typical, it's funny, it's solid, but not spectacular. Um, so I'm going to have this basically dead in the middle at episode number nine, wow. right there, right there in the middle. So every episode of Seinfeld now becomes uh, which side of the visa are we on? Yeah. And I'm maybe being harsh. Like maybe the visa should be a few spots higher. Even how do you feel about it? I think it's fine. I think it's a perfectly middling fun episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah, there's definitely worse episodes. I will say at Lavertus uh, Minter, and I hate the underscore in the uh, in the Twitter name. Get rid of those people, Lavertus under because like how you search. You know, I love the Twitter search. Right. That's impossible right. Twitter search. Uh, the visa is the best episode of Seinfeld. It's not the best episode of Seinfeld. Lavertus. Well, you're arguing with Lavertus yes. Minter. How many followers he How has? Many? 
190. Okay. But he's like you. He follows 1,800 people. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, and he has 23,000 tweets. Stop tweeting so much, Lavertis. He has a lot to say. Yeah, you got Yeah, people. People get very offended. I when I, I want people are nervous that you're going to start unfollowing yeah. people. Okay, well it's on you. <laughs> well, I don't want you to unfollow anyone. Just mute them. They don't even know you're not listening to okay. them. All right, I'm going to mute you, Akiva. I told you. I gave you my permission to mute. <laughs> you're going to be the but first one. If you mute one. someone, do you still see? Do you still see the at replies? I wouldn't know because I've never muted anybody. You've never muted a single person. You know, I love the beat. Have you ever blocked anybody, Rob? <laughs> I think I blocked one person at, at one time. Okay. I think so. You know, I love the beeps. Are you blocked? Are you blocked oh, by people? Probably, but I don't, I'm not confrontational on Twitter or anything like that. Right. So that's why I like, I would be surprised if people had blocked yeah. you. I don't think I've ever been blocked. So that's, I guess that's like a <laughs> yeah. good thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Someone All right, let's talk about the visa. We've got some questions. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. Let's start off with Johnny DeSilvera. Johnny DeSilvera says, Akiva, with the inside look for the visa, I loved Brian George, who plays Babu's reaction as he went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, uh, much like Babu. Did you watch the inside look with Babu? Yeah, it's very funny, right? So Babu says that he's reading the script and he sees that, uh, you know, he gets, you know, Jerry, he's all buddy-buddy with Jerry. Jerry gets him a job. Then Jerry uh, moves him, gets him an apartment. Then he moves him into his own building. And, they, and he's thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be like a regular on the mm -hmm. show. I'm going to be like with, you know, the new Newman. I'm going to be like the fifth Beatle. <laughs> yeah. And by the end of the episode, he's in India, never able to come back. <laughs> Poor Babu. Poor Brian George. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was a lot of, lot of syndication money he's never going to yeah. see. All right, Akiva. Also, Johnny wants to know who's at fault over Babu not getting his visa application. It's not Jerry, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I mean, yes, it was. It was dumb that that uh, you know they didn't get the mail to him. But it's not your responsibility to return everyone's junk mail. Like when I moved out of uh, the city, I, I like vaguely knew the people who were taking our apartment. So I said, like, I still like I'll still once in a while I'll get like a check from NBC or, or like I'll get something and it's super annoying to get another one. So, like, can you, uh, you know, put them aside and then uh, at, at some point I'll stop by and pick them up. And the guy was nice and he said, yeah, and I think he did it once or twice. But it's not his responsibility to like if he sees like an urgent letter to call me and to bring it to me. Right. Yeah, I think so. I think he's off the hook on this one. They do much worse stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and we, we already established in the cafe. Babu's a huge whiner. <laughs> He's very whiny. All right. Amir wants to know, why isn't George upset that Elaine is getting Jerry's mail in The Wizard from season nine? George is so distraught over the fact that Elaine is getting the mail that Jerry is forced to give George the important task of protecting the gaskets. It's a good question, right? George, George gets super upset in a later episode. And, you know, this is almost like who's number one on the speed dial, yes. right? I th the, the, the difference is George doesn't like responsibility, so he might want to complain about it, but he would be even worse than Elaine. He wouldn't have never picked up the mail till the last day. And then like it would have been too full. He would have had to go to the, you know, the post office to get it. It would have been a disaster. Also, Amir wants to know when George imagines Jerry being hilarious, he ends his story with he never heard of corduroy. I'm dying to know the beginning of that story. Can you please ask Jerry the next time you have him on the podcast? Yeah, the next time we have <laughs> the him next on. Time, the next time we have him on. I, I, I really think that he's talking about Corduroy the Bear. Corduroy the Bear. 
Those people, have you ever heard of Corduroy the Bear? Um, I have not. All right, see, so you've never heard of Corduroy. <laughs> yes, I've never heard of Corduroy. It's not so crazy. <laughs> All right, I guess that's fair. Let's see. We have also from Chester this week. Chester, very down on the visa. He says, the visa is the worst episode of the season. I only have three questions. Number one. Yeah, I, sent, I sentenced Chester to rewatch like, uh, I don't know, what do we have is like the worst, uh, the opera. You think this is, I, I think this is a lot better than the opera, Chester. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number one, given Jerry's sponsorship of Amex, why didn't they call the episode something else instead of the visa? Yeah. I mean, was he already sponsoring them back then? I have no idea. <laughs> Number two, is the final episode or the final scene in the episode a hint at the series finale? I assume that they had no plans uh, for the finale at the time that they wrote this, but Babu goes on record saying that one day he'll come back to America and get revenge on Jerry and Elaine. Do you think that they had an idea for the finale at that point? Or this was just like one of those things where like they were going to like the writers of Lost are just putting stuff out there and they're going to try to pay it off later. Oh, please. They don't even know who has a real sibling and who doesn't. They're, I mean, maybe someone said, hey, write that down. That's funny if, you, if Babu would come back and screw them over like in the last season. But there, you know as well as I, that was not like a concrete plan. Hmm. All right. And finally, Chester wants to know, the show was frequently criticized for being an overly white representation of New York City. Do you know if there were contemporary accounts implying that Asian love interest was a reaction to that, the way that African-American love interests uh, were in Friends and later Girls. I think that this is hammer time. I don't think that those think pieces were being uh, written on typewriters at that point in time. Even if they were, no one was reading them, right? I mean, it was impossible to spread this stuff. Like, like even if people were complaining about it, which I don't think they were, I think, again, we're applying 2015 standards to 1993 culture, Mm -hmm. right? And I also, and it, no, the answer is no. They, I, I mean, maybe by the end of the series, it was like whispers were getting a little bit louder, but obviously the answer is no. And we already know Jerry's too stubborn. If he had said, oh, there aren't enough, you know, you know, Hispanic people on the show, that would have made him put less Hispanic people on the show. Probably like he doesn't care what other people yeah. think. All right. Akiva, great work this week. Yeah. And Jerry does, of course, have a, in the Chinese woman, Jerry has himself a Chinese girlfriend, but uh, that, you know. This is not a, a reaction to, uh, you know, the... the, the uh, a January 1993 think piece about the no. lack of diversity on Seinfeld. Where would it be? In USA Today? Like The New Yorker. It's in a New Yorker cartoon. Yeah, and it's like a, a thousand, you know, a thousand people in New York <laughs> reading it and, and nobody else knows. It. Nobody else even knew about Seinfeld. It's true. I mean, the show, uh, and it's actually worth mentioning, this is the last Seinfeld episode on a Wednesday the next week's episode, I think there's a Super Bowl and they promoted it during the yeah. Super Bowl. And, and then the next week's episode um, becomes uh, the Thursday after Cheers. And they have like almost double the viewership immediately. And basically next week, the show becomes okay. a hit. Never looks back. Never looks back. Okay. That's, cool. That's what's going to happen with this podcast by next week's episode. People are going to leave <laughs> us so many feedbacks and ratings in iTunes that we are just going to be uh, double our ratings and listeners. Denise Richards has a lot of fans, so that we get to meet Denise Richards next week, a 38-year-old playing a 15-year-old. Wow. Uh, I think she was 23, but she was playing a 15-year-old. <laughs> All right, Akiva. So what is next week's episode? So that would be the shoes with uh, the aforementioned Denise Richards. We get, you know, we're back to the, uh, we're back to the Russell Dalrymple pilot stuff, and uh, it's a good episode. It's a, it's a memorable episode. All right, that's what's coming up next week. What's the hashtag? 
Well, I don't think it should be old white guy. It butts. was old Mets fan, but. Oh yeah. I don't think, I don't think that's uh I don't think that, you know, really needs to be a hashtag. So what else do we have? All right. So what is the hashtag? We have Babu. We have ping. What about never heard of corduroy? Never heard of corduroy. How about just, uh, I think that's kind of long. Yeah. What do I mean? What do How do you spell corduroy? I think it's C-O-R-D-U-R-R. There's no U? It's not C-O-U-R? No. Okay. So it's, it's just, it's just cord or Roy. Yeah, but we shouldn't even say this. I feel like we should see, like, let's see how good of spellers our listeners are. Okay. Can they spell yeah. cord or Roy? So how do you say it's spelled? I believe it's cord, C-O-R-D, U, Roy, yes. like Patrick Y. Okay. That is correct. I thought it was C-O-U-R. No. I think that's the Canadian way to spell it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks to Mike Moore again. Uh, great recaps every week of these episodes. And of course, uh, thank you to Scott uh, for editing this show together. Thank you to Akiva also. Great job. Thank you. All right. This is, uh, is this our one year anniversary or that was last? I, I want to say it was probably uh, yeah, in between episodes. So happy one year anniversary to you, Akiva. But we did 55 in a year. We're really, we're really on pace to finish like August of yeah, well, 2017. Uh, looks like we're going to get into the gate uh, a little ahead of schedule. So uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I, f- I feel like by then it's just going to be us. Like, uh, the- you know, we're going to have like we're, we're going to have some really high highs. But at the end, we're just going to be like, you know, it, it just, not just in the show. I feel like in life, you know, everyone will have a band that it's like two years from now. <laughs> everyone will have abandoned us. Even like Chester and Johnny DeSavannah yeah. won't answer our yeah. emails. Yeah. We're going to be, it's, just, you know, we're going to, we'll probably be like living in a, in like a one bedroom, like in, in like the worst part of Los Angeles together. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> both our wives will have kicked us no, out. I, I like 100% uh, agree with this, that I do think that this is going to be <laughs> like, uh, I, I do feel like my entire life is going to be sort of like, you know, you know, things are going okay right now, but I feel like uh, there's... You're waiting for the other shoe The other shoe, other shoe is, is looming overhead. I don't know exactly. Well, next week, uh, next week, that's next week's episode, <laughs> the shoes. Maybe maybe the shoe drops as early as next <laughs> yep, week. Yep, yep. It'll be terrible. All right, Akiva, great job. Take care, everybody. Bye.